0: Chances are very good that you have an incredible competitive advantage already in-house at your organization, and you're not taking advantage of it. Hi, I'm Scott Smith for Gartner ThinkCast, and I've got on the line with me right now Gartner Vice President and Distinguished Analyst Doug Laney. Doug has a new book coming out, Infonomics, How to Monetize, Manage, and Measure Information as an Asset for Competitive Advantage. Doug, first of all, welcome. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Scott. Good to be with you.
0: Now, basically, your premise is information, obviously, it's all around us. We, we have it, you know, just oozing out of our companies, and we're not really taking full advantage. In fact, you say in the book's introduction that, let me quote, many senior executives talk about information as one of their most important assets, but few behave as if it is, That's the end of the quote. What's the disconnect?
1: Yeah, that's certainly true. A lot of executives talk about information as an asset. They give it a lot of lip service. Sometimes we hear from IT people that information is more of a pain in the asset. But, you know, in speaking with IT and data analytics leaders from thousands of organizations, it's become abundantly clear to my colleagues and me that information just isn't treated with nearly the same discipline or respect as other assets, such as physical assets or financial assets or certain kinds of intellectual property or even human capital. For starters, most companies and uh, even government organizations go to great lengths to maintain an accurate inventory of their office furniture or their computer equipment, or (laughs) even as we've discovered in several cases, their toilet fixtures. Actually, after some client meetings, I've actually noticed inventory tags on, uh, shall we say, uh, various porcelain fixtures in men's rooms more than once. So executives need to ask themselves which of these items provides more value to their business, office furniture and toilets or the company's information assets. And the answer to that question should really put their current asset management priorities into serious question. So imagine a retail executive whose company has no inventory of what's on the store shelves or a CFO with no chart of accounts or an HR exec with no employee directory. They get fired by the board for gross negligence. Well, that's the status quo for information assets in um, nearly all organizations today. Moreover, most business leaders fail to recognize the unique economic properties of information that lend themselves to it being more monetized internally and externally in incredible ways. Many folks are too busy asking for reports than actually conceiving and developing ways to transform their business or industries with available information assets. But at the crux of the problem, I really believe it's the fact that you know here we are in the midst of the information age, yet the thing that gives this age its name isn't considered an asset by the accounting profession. That's right. The value of a company's information can't be recognized, reported, or valued on the balance sheet according to current yet what I call antiquated and arcane public accounting standards. Even the value of Google or Facebook or Amazon or Bloomberg's or TransUnion's data is nowhere to be found on its books. So this formal notion of information as something other than an asset, unfortunately, filters down to most executives and CIOs and business leaders and enterprise architects, despite what they may say.
0: Doug, you mentioned as one of the points there the economic benefits, and that really jumped out at me because the name of the book, again, is Infonomics. What is Infonomics?
1: All right, so Infonomics is the simple concept or theory that information is a legitimate economic asset and should be managed and measured and monetized one, like it says in the title. And increasingly, it's also the practice of treating information in each of these three ways with the same kind of discipline as any other asset. It's really that straightforward.
0: So then what are the benefits to embracing this infonomics approach versus how we already utilize data? Cause I'm sure there are a lot of listeners out there saying, wait, yeah, okay, great. It's about making sure I have it all categorized and so forth, but obviously I'm utilizing it because my company is doing well.
1: Sure. And that's true in a lot of cases, you know, but but the initial idea here was that you can't, you know, goes back to the old adage that you can't manage what you don't measure. So what we did was we developed ways to help our clients measure information's inherent characteristics, such as its quality, its business relevancy, its impact on business processes. The key is to measure the gap between its potential value versus its realized benefits. But you know, we also adapted the classic ways that other assets are financially valued using the cost market and income approaches but then i realized that organizations can't monetize what they don't manage so you know i started thinking about how to apply traditional asset management approaches to make data more usable and consumable so following this virtuous cycle of managing measuring and monetizing information really draws upon other asset Disciplines and, and it's helped some of our clients in a variety of ways. So, for example, one Canadian client helped the Infonomics approach help them identify ways to digitalize aspects of their business. An alarm system company used the uh, valuation models to help them identify and deploy untapped information better, leading to several hundred million dollar market value gain for them. A company in Indiana, MISO Energy saving millions of dollars a year on defensibly disposing of unneeded information that was incurring greater cost to capture and store and secure than the economic benefits that it was generating. Lockheed Martin took us up on an idea to generate leading indicators of project performance that are now saving them hundreds of millions of dollars on cost overruns and so forth. Several clients are using Infonomics concepts to develop data marketplaces or extend uh, their information ecosystems to incorporate various partners and suppliers. And some even have self-funding data warehouses as a result. A major financial services firm is putting dollar signs on top of its data assets to help it improve its uh, what they call their lackadaisical information culture. And many of our clients, including Boeing, are using infonomics concepts to justify and prove the benefits of analytics, data governance, master data, and other information management initiatives, and to prioritize them. Then there's the rising practice among investors that we're noticing in being able to calculate market premiums or discounts based in part upon the value of a company's information assets, such as what has happened publicly with Caesars and Caesars Entertainment and Radio Shack and Sports Authority. So there are a lot of ways that infonomics concepts, if they're adopted either in whole or in part, can generate a wide variety of benefits for a business.
0: We'll delve into some of those ways in a little while, and but the best way I can tell our listeners is to get out there and buy Doug Laney's new book, Infonomics, How to Monetize, Manage, and Measure Information as an Asset for Competitive Advantage. I'll tell you, it's got Great information, great insights in it. Doug, how did the book come about?
1: Uh, Pretty simply, it's been building inside me for years. I've been researching and working with clients and writing on this topic for almost 20 years. And I figured once I got 3,000 clippings and ideas and notes in my Evernote folder, uh, I figured it was more than about time to write the book.
0: So then, as you said, you've been um, writing about this for years. You've been talking about it with clients for years. Now, bringing it all together, what is it that you hope readers will take away from the book?
1: Yeah, so I guess like any author, I'm trying, you know, at a minimum to incite a general awakening of a new way of thinking and behaving and acting. I really would like business and IT and information leaders to seriously question why their organization hasn't been treating information as an actual asset all along and how the heck they hope to thrive, let alone survive, in an increasingly digital world without doing so. Perhaps this book causes a revolution of sorts, leading to the recognition of information as an accounting asset and subject to the same kinds of legal treatment as other forms of property, which currently it is not. But that wasn't the major goal. I think more than anything, I'd really love to see organizations that internalize, embrace, and execute on some of these ideas and practices to uh, eventually become tomorrow's economic powerhouses.
0: Now, Doug, in the book, you say that you want executives to become, quote, info-savvy. What does that mean?
1: (laughs) Another portmanteau. So those who are information-savvy demonstrate three qualities. First, they deeply understand the unique economic properties of information, such as that information is what economists call a non-rivalrous asset, and that it can be used simultaneously for multiple purposes. It's non-depleting and that it's self-regenerative and that when it's consumed it can and should be generating new potentially valuable information also that has low inventory carrying costs and low transmission costs compared to other kinds of assets so people who talk about information as the new oil you know no disrespect but i don't think they really get it you know oil doesn't have any of these extraordinary properties that information has second info savvy people really understand that nearly any activity one performs throughout the life cycle or supply chain of a physical asset can and should be performed on information assets with equal or better proficiency to manage them better. But more than that, you know, the flow of information is more akin to a network or an ecosystem, and info-savvy people really get that. And third, info-savvy people understand information has various quantifiable values that need to be determined just as any other asset and that these values can be used to identify gaps and opportunities and unnecessary expenses related to data, just as with any other kind of asset.
0: Our guest is Gardner analyst Doug Laney, author of Infonomics, How to Monetize, Manage, and Measure Information as an Asset for Competitive Advantage. And Doug, I must say, you've already uh, done uh, crossed one big hurdle, which is you've shattered a cliché, because in this case, you can judge a book by its cover, because true to the title, you divide the book into three sections, monetizing information as an asset, managing information as an asset, and measuring information as an asset. I want to give listeners a sense of all three of those uh, sections. How? Do, let's start with this. How do we monetize information as an asset?
1: Oh, you bring up a good point. It really is kind of three books in one, and we'll find that some readers will take to one section more than another, but looking at it more comprehensively can really help an organization. So monetizing information is about generating quantifiable economic benefits that are attributable to an information asset. And this can be difficult to determine and there's as much of an art to a science in doing that, really just as measuring other kinds of intangible assets. But it takes various forms that can be divided into direct and indirect methods. Indirect Methods for information monetization include ways to measurably improve business process performance, to identify business or product opportunities, or improve partner relationships, for example. And then direct data monetization is probably more what people have in mind when they think about monetization, which includes baking information into existing products or services, creating new information-based or digital offerings. Bartering or trading information in exchange for goods or services or favorable terms and conditions, or even licensing information for cash, and sometimes partnering with a data broker, an established data broker who has a marketplace to do so. Great companies will monetize any given information asset most of these ways. Not so great companies will focus on really one or just a couple ways.
0: So then, next up, we have managing information as an asset. And we already have disciplines like master data management, data analytics. So what makes this approach you're talking about in the book different from what we're already doing?
1: I think it involves kind of taking a step back. Managing information as an asset is really about applying existing, well-honed asset management practices from other disciplines. For example, there's a detailed ISO standard for asset management that, to my knowledge, has yet to be applied to anything other than physical assets, yet it's used by most manufacturing companies. There are other standards from financial asset management to even library science, each with robust methodologies, procedures, and standards just waiting for chief data officers or other data and analytics leaders to adopt and adapt them. Core EIM capabilities, like those you mentioned, of course, fit within that context, but I think we information professionals are at extreme fault for first, trying to wing it the past forty or fifty years, you know inventing information management on the fly and not really codifying it very well. And then two, failing to leverage these other detailed asset management bodies of knowledge that are easily applicable to improved information asset management.
0: Well, that brings us to the third area of the book, third main um, section of the book, which is measurement. And what do we need to be looking at that we're not already, or perhaps what do we need to be looking at differently?
1: Okay. So there's no doubt that some companies are measuring various data quality characteristics, like the accuracy and completeness and timeliness and precision of data, and that's great. And some are measuring data usage, which is also useful. But valuing information as if it were a balance sheet asset, it's really kind of a novel concept. To what is information's cost or market value or contribution to a revenue stream? Answering these kinds of questions can help with determining what to invest in various information management activities and technologies. For example, how in the world do you know what to spend on information security when you don't know the value of what you're securing? Measuring the gaps between various information assets, realized versus potential value, can help attenuate what to spend on Improving its quality, availability, and deployment, scant few organizations are doing these things, but I believe and have seen a few CFOs, even chief financial officers be quite receptive to the idea and support such valuation efforts and also investors are starting to be interested in companies information value so It really should be of no surprise to a CIO or CFO when they're asked by a board member uh, say, we know the value of all of our physical and financial assets and so forth, but what's the value of this company's information assets? Really, to date, nobody has a good answer to that question.
0: Doug, I want to talk about next steps. And listeners, I'm going to tell you your next step, your first one should be Stop, um, when you're done listening to this, get out there and buy <laughs> Doug Laney's new book, Infonomics, How to Monetize, Manage, and Measure Information as an Asset for a Competitive, competitive Advantage. I can uh, tell you there are some great uh, examples in there. As you've heard, Doug cite some of them already, some great advice, great insights, and differently, obviously a different way of looking at how you currently do business, which will open up new ways for you to do business, new avenues to success. But all that said, Doug, what are some of the immediate steps someone can start to take in their company now to make sure they're indeed starting to utilize information as an asset?
1: Right. So, Scott, it should come as no surprise that Gartner has been researching and published on many of these topics already, including how to monetize customer data and IoT data, Internet of Things data, the steps to monetize information assets we've published the information evaluation models, the six different information evaluation models that many of our clients are already using. We've updated our information management maturity model and self-assessment and published that recently. We have countless pieces on the emerging role of the chief data officer, information literacy, various information management capabilities and technologies, and of course, on digitalization, analytics, and artificial intelligence, which are all wrapped into this. And, of course, Gartner clients can schedule calls with analysts on any of these topics, and everyone's invited to our upcoming Gartner Symposia held around the world and followed by our data and analytics summits, most of which are in the springtime.
0: Doug, thank you very much. Doug Laney is a vice president and distinguished analyst for data and analytics research at Gartner. He's also the author of the new book, Infonomics, How to Monetize, Manage, and Measure Information as an Asset for Competitive Advantage. You can learn more about the book at gartner.com/books/infonomics or pre-order your copy at amazon.com. Also, check out the Gartner webinars at gartner.com/webinars or dive into more of our Gartner ThinkCast conversations at gartner.com/podcasts. You can also subscribe to our podcasts via iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. For Gartner ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith.